Hello and welcome to Team Talk, the show that's all about Forces families. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill. And we're dedicating the next 30 minutes to Forces Life. We'll start with family time. Lisa pops in for a chat with Louise and Charlie this week. And we'll get some expert advice from someone in the know on how to manage your career when your other half is serving. We'll also catch up with 13-year-old Aoife, who is this week's Little Victory. And we hear more from the magician slash soldier, Lance Corporal Richard Jones. So if you're from a Forces family, this is the place to be. Team Talk is the show all about you. Each week on Team Talk, we like to huddle around the microphone with Louise from the charity Little Troopers and a new family to learn all about their military journey. For this week's family time, we headed to RAF Bryce Norton. BFBS. Team Talk. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. If you haven't heard me before, my name is Louise. I am the founder of the charity Little Troopers. I'm here to talk to so many amazing military families, to hear about their journeys and their stories, because we all have one. And today I'm in RAF Bryce Norton with the lovely Lisa, who has come over from Shrivenham. And we're going to talk about her journey with me and my co-presenter, Charlie. So welcome to Bryce Norton. Thank you for joining us here. Tell me about how you got involved being a forces family. Where does your journey start? Uh, my journey starts on a Tinder actually. Um, in 2014 I uh, swiped the right way uh, to meet a lovely man um, who it turns out was in the Navy. Um, his first uh, his first question to me actually was um, you're not a rain are you? Which I apologise to all the lady sailors because it's a very outdated <laughs> term um, but I was like no I'm actually a history teacher and he said fancy a date. <laughs> ha ha ha. So we had a couple of dates and uh, then we had the chat. The I'm actually going away uh, for a few months. Um, I don't know if you want to pursue this or whatever. And we decided that we would. Um, he went off on Dragon, which is was a round the world tour. And um, we kept in touch with the emails. Um, and then he said to me, "Do you want to fly out? Uh, there's a Seals Week, which is a week that you have on ships um, to come out to South Africa." And I said, "Yeah, why not? It's half term. I'll do that." Went out. And he said to me, "Actually, when I come back, I'm getting based in Scotland for a while. Well, I just live with you." And I was like. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so he came back, stayed at mine, um, and then said, actually, I'm going to be based in Portsmouth for most of my career. So either we do it long distance or what do you want to do? Would you consider moving to Portsmouth? And I was like, have a look around at jobs. Applied for a job on the Monday, went for the interview on the Friday. They offered me the job on the Friday by the Monday I'd committed. <laughs> we found a, a, a nice cottage to rent and we moved down two months later. So by the summer of 2015, we were living, uh, I was living in Portsmouth because he got crash drafted. So off he went to the Mediterranean to pick up migrants in the sea, which he loved. And um, whilst I was trying to establish myself in Portsmouth, new job, new How house. How long had you been in Portsmouth before he oh, went Oh, no, away? I was there. I, was there. I arrived two weeks after he left. So he didn't even see the, the, the cottage um, properly until oh, wow. three months later. So he came back. We got married. Um, quite shortly back. afterwards when he came back. So it all happened in the space of two years that we'd met, moved down to Portsmouth, got married, um, which seems a bit of a whirlwind, but I think in my experience, a lot of military relationships happen quite quickly. So after a whirlwind romance, you've made quite a lot of sacrifices. Yep. He's now hit this crossroads where yep. he wanted to do something and his heart was set in it and, yep. and obviously not. Where do you go from there? 
we I got pregnant and we've now got Betty, um, who was born last year. And it means that his job now um, is actually shore-based. So for us, it's been a complete godsend. Um, and we have a really stable couple of years ahead of us. So you talk about that you're a teacher. Yeah. Which... Um, <laughs> I, that's how I first met Lisa is because you're a teacher and yep. obviously Little Troopers run a Little Troopers at School project. Um, so tell us about that. Tell us, you know, the fact that, you know, your career has always been teaching. My career is really important to me. Um, I absolutely love teaching. I love it. Right now I'm on maternity leave, but I have had to leave my job. So I think I'm still coming to terms with that, actually. I would, I would be going back um, in the next school term and I'm not quite certain that it's actually hit me yet that I'm not going back in the next school term because um, it really so, does you do identify yeah. in the fact that you're a teacher oh I absolutely and that do. is really yeah. important to you yeah. isn't it well, and, and I you've had my, to sacrifice that I guess yeah. because of your husband's career when I met him I was far more advanced in my career than he was in his and I think um, leaving the job that I did when I met him in, in Glasgow was really difficult, but it was probably the right time. It was actually a good time to move on and do something new, a different school. But um, leaving this one, I don't think I've quite got my head around yet. You because weren't I ready. do No, and I do identify as a teacher. You know, he would be as much a teacher's husband as I am a Navy wife. Hmm. You know, we sort of see our careers as, as quite equal. But you've had to give up But yours. yeah. But naturally, because of the move here, there was just no option to keep married quarters. We were in Petersfield near Portsmouth. There wasn't an option to keep the quarters there. Um, we couldn't afford to rent privately there and have uh, childcare because it's extremely expensive there. And we just thought, well, we have to. So naturally, something had to give, and that was my job, um, which is quite devastating. And as a family, that's the decision that you've made yeah. to, to make that sacrifice yeah. for the long-term goal. The sacrifice is going to be worth it for her, for us, but um, it will be hard, I think, for this this period of, of time. And I guess the nature of your chosen career, teaching, mm. is one that being married to someone in the military actually would mean that everywhere you go, we need teachers. Surely you must have been like, I'm always going to be in work wherever we're posted. Yeah, teaching is a, is a great profession. Actually, there's quite a lot of teachers um, who seem to be military spouses. There's quite a lot of teachers. So it is a great job in that it's so transferable as well. So if I'm not in a classroom, I can still do various different things with teaching and young people. And resentment's not something that you feel in terms of the fact that obviously you've taken a slight sacrifice, but you're going to be at home with Betty. Yeah. But you did say that, you know, you were more uh, advanced in your career than your husband. Yep. If you asked him, he might say I was resentful. I don't know. Maybe he'd be like, well, actually, you could be quite resentful. I probably can be quite spiteful about things. But um, no, I think certainly for her... Um, it was the right, it is the right thing to do. Have you had any sort of negativity from, from family and friends or anything where people have gone, well, you know, why are you doing this? No, actually, really weirdly, I think if anything, people think it's really romantic. Who doesn't like a Tinder story that's wow, so romantic exactly, and works right? out? I love and, it. You know, he's, he's, he's so gorgeous. He walked into my work and everyone was just like, oh, no wonder you're moving down south from him. He's gorgeous and he's great. <laughs> Go for it. And I was like, yeah. So we like to close family time with asking three questions. Okay. So in a few words, can you tell me where's been your favourite posting? I'm going to go out and live and I'm going to say I think it's going to be here. I'm really positive about here. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, sure. I'm... And what would be your one bit of advice if somebody else is 
you know, swiping left and right on Tinder <laughs> out there, if they come across a military guy, what's your one bit of advice? Uh, run. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be really certain. Um, if you're thinking of leaving friends and families and jobs and stuff like that, um, it can't be for puppy love. And finally, what's your most cherished memory of Force's family life? Just seeing him rocking up every morning in his uniform saying hello to her giving her a look and I think you've got loads more memories to come oh so definitely we're, we're only starting our journey <laughs> she's only tiny so we'll see Lisa I absolutely <laughs> love talking to you I could listen to you all day you're so positive it's been really lovely thank you so much for joining me and Charlie for family time music entertainment forces life the forces station this is team talk the song that serves me My name is Ben, I'm nine years old, I live in Canada. My favorite song is Lucy's Dreams by Juice World. I like it because it makes me remember him from his passing. It's soothing and it's a good song. I first heard it at school. I also know all the lyrics to it. You left me falling and landing inside my grave. I know that you want me dead. I take prescriptions to make me feel okay. I know it's all in my head. Team Talk. The FBS. The Forces Station. Don't forget, if you want to share with us your very own song that serves me, or you just fancy getting in touch with the show, all you need to do is simply drop us an email. Teamtalk at bfbs.com. If you're not a key worker, it probably feels like quite a while since you left the house to go to work. Maybe you're just about managing to work from home during the lockdown, which isn't easy, especially when you have kids who aren't at school. Lisa touched on some really interesting issues about how when you're the partner or spouse of someone serving in the military, your own career can really take a back seat and your CV can end up looking rather patchy. A tri-service study was carried out recently by the Families Federations to look into the barriers to spousal employment and the findings were eye-opening. For this week's In the Know, I spoke to Lucy Heaver, the employment expert from the Naval Families Federation. We had always known anecdotally, but this confirmed through statistics um, and actually put it into writing for us. And those sort of things were the fact that employers looked negatively upon the fact that there were gaps in CVs or that people had moved around lots. The fact that you even mentioned that you had a connection with the armed forces was a bad thing. Um, And so people weren't even being invited to interview and things like that. They would lay them off rather than try and find a solution around keeping them in work, for instance, or not allowing them flexibility if a partner was deployed. And then they had them coming home and had to sort of swap leave around and stuff like that. So there was lots of discrimination. There has been lots of discrimination in the workplace. All three families federations work together on a new online platform to improve the opportunities for military spouses and older children. So Forces Families Jobs is a a bridge, essentially, between the armed forces community and 
employers. And this is a one-stop shop to allow military spouses access to employment and training opportunities with employers and training providers that are understanding of the armed forces lifestyle. All of the employers and training providers that we have registered on the site have all signed the Armed Forces Covenant. So they not only have a basic understanding of what it means to be part of the Armed Forces, but what we do on top of that is ask them to state how they can specifically support spouses in their workplace and in their employment contracts. So whether that be they might offer them a guaranteed interview scheme or flexible leave arrangements or flexible working, remote working, opportunities to move from one place to another, things like that, which encourages people to take not just stopgap jobs, but instead to have a career that they want to be part of and want to continue and can progress through. Writing a CV can be a daunting prospect, but Lucy says it's important to remember the skills and experience that often impress employers. Having been a military child myself and consequently then a military spouse, I've lived that life. And I'd say to anyone, you can turn all of those experiences that you've had into positivity on a CV. And that's including resilience, the ability to adapt to change, the fact that you are incredibly social and able to organise, manage things, move from one place to another, interact with lots of different people on a variety of scales every day. You might have, as a military child, followed a parent abroad, means that you're globally aware of people around you and the differences that people have and all of these things are hugely beneficial on the CV and it's just the way that you present it that is key because you can turn that into a massively positive thing BFB Team Talk Lucy Heaver from the Naval Families Federation with some really interesting insights into the reality of employment and jobs and keeping your career going when you are a spouse or a partner of somebody serving in the military. It certainly can make your CV a little patchy or put a positive spin on it. Look at all the amazing experiences you've gained in all these different places that you've lived. Now, as well as focusing on the more grown-up issues here on Team Talk, we also like to make sure that we cast the spotlight on the little troopers from our very own military families. Each week, we catch up with a forces child from somewhere around the forces world, and we join them to celebrate a little victory. Before the lockdown started, I met with the amazing Aoife, who, like many children, have moved around from school to school. She found it really, really hard. With the support of her parents, she made the move to boarding school. And she told me why she made that positive change. When I started to get older, like in year five to like year six, I didn't want to move around again. I just wanted to stay where I was. Because it takes me quite a while to make like a friend that I'm like happy with and I trust them. Once I made a friend, they'd just go because it was like their time to leave. I felt lonely again, <laughs> the fact that they had all gone. Talk to me about boarding school. Is this something that was suggested to you or is it something you've wanted? I thought maybe this would solve like my friendship problems, people moving on all the time. So um, I asked my mum and dad about it and they said, yeah, you can try it. We came over here and I just fell in love with the school, how friendly everyone was and how close people were. First, I didn't really want to make a friend because I thought if I made a friend, they'd just leave me again. But now when new people join, I'm always willing to make other friends because I know how it could feel on them. And I notice a very shiny red badge. 
Yeah, I'm a prefect for the, like, the school that I'm in. You've struggled yourself for friendships. How do you think being a prefect is going to help other children? I'm going to try and include more people, make sure they're helping others and they're not leaving anyone out. If I see someone on their own, I'll be able to help them because I'll be like, oh, have you tried um, going to this person? Quite a lot of the school are forces children. If like, your parents couldn't come over to watch something, if your friends come, they almost feel like your family being there and your sisters because you're so close in boarding. So you could make friends with a year 10 student and the year 10 student can come and watch and be like your older sister. You can speak to them maybe about problems you're having because if they're in the forces, you're probably guessing that they've been over that problem before. Amanda Blake is Aoife's mum. She explains the difference that she's seen in Aoife over the past few years since placing her in a boarding school thanks to the continuity of education allowance that's available to Forces families. When we were in Cyprus, she had some really, really lovely friends that she'd made. A couple of those moved away back to the UK and I think that's when she found that it was really difficult to find the new friendships she did lose her confidence. She was quite sad quite a lot of the time. She didn't get involved as much at school as she had done in the past when her close friends were at school. I also noticed that she avoided making new friends. She was scared that that person was then going to go away again. It was almost as though she was preparing to say goodbye before that friendship had actually started. Yet now her being at boarding school... She has those close friendships and she knows that she doesn't have to worry as much that that person is going in six months' time because the majority do stay for the full time of their education. Having the continuity of education allowance, we can see that it's not just the education, it's actually helping her as a person grow as well and become more confident because she's got that continuity. Because she's settled, she's happy. It's made life a lot easier for the whole family. Yes, Aoife, we are so pleased that you're doing so well and you're enjoying boarding school so much. School, you remember that, right? I know a lot of people are at home at the moment, homeschooling, few people struggling with it, so we're sending all our love to you. Now, I know Aoife is at home at the moment with mum, dad and brother George at REF Cranwell, keeping herself busy with sewing projects, crafting projects, even spending some time in the caravan on the drive to make a nice change. She is missing boarding school and all her friends, though, so much so she's already packed her bag ready to return. None of us know when that's going to be, but it is great to know that she does love it so much. I think it can be really hard for our military children with all the different moves they do. So again, a massive well done from us here at Team Talk and congratulations, Aoife, on being this week's Little Victory. I'm the founder of the charity Little Troopers. I hope you're enjoying the show. I had to get involved in the song that serves me. Our song is Like a Prayer, the Madonna song, but the Madhouse version. Like 
My song takes me right back to the very early days of my military journey. My now husband and I had done a six-month tour in Kosovo and us and lots of our friends went straight on a holiday. And this song is the soundtrack to that time. We really love it so much. It was actually the wedding dance song at our wedding and it is a bit of an odd choice, I know. Team Talk. BFBS. The Forces Station. Over this 13-week series, Team Talk will be hearing from a range of celebrities and public figures who've come from military backgrounds. Now, way back when the theatres were open, not that long ago, but feels like it, I visited Lance Corporal Richard Jones backstage at one of his magic shows on the Escape Tour. He told me how life has changed since he became the winner of Britain's Got Talent whilst being a serving soldier. In some extent, it's, it's changed massively and in other, other regards, not so much. Obviously, I decided to stay in the army. I wanted to keep grounded in that area because obviously that's what I love to do. So I try to come back and get involved in the army stuff as much as I can. Obviously, I'm now very lucky that I get to travel the country on tour and also around the world performing shows. I've performed in some of the most amazing places. I've been very, very lucky, uh, as well as obviously performing for the Royal Family, which I get to do now. In fact, I recently had Prince William on stage. I knew he was coming, so I asked the palace, I sent an email just to say, is it okay if I use him in the show? It would be great if he could come on stage. And I didn't get a reply. So on the night, I thought, well, no reply doesn't necessarily mean no. So I invited him up onto stage, and when everyone realized he was there and everyone realized that I was inviting him onto stage, everyone was so enthusiastic about it that he couldn't really say no. <laughs> so he comes up onto stage, and something that I do in my tour show is, uh, I won't tell you what the trick is, but I bring out a big ceremonial sword, my household cavalry sword. And at that point, uh, that's when I could tell where his undercover security were in the room, because I could see a number of very large men looking very on edge in the audience, all kind of looking at each other. And part of the logic behind me doing that particular trick on stage with the uh, future King of England was I was thinking, if it goes well and no one comes up to try and stop me, it'll be great and it'll be a cool trick and I'll have this great experience. And if it goes terribly and someone comes and rugby tackles me off of stage, I would be world famous as the guy who got rugby tackled on stage with the future King of England. So I thought that would be global news. So I thought, you know what, I'll go ahead with it. He was a great sport on stage. He was really funny. And to be honest, he's massive. I think if he felt threatened, he could have taken me out in an instant. So I didn't realise how tall he was and how big he was until I got him on stage. It was actually a little bit terrifying. <laughs> now, I know you do a trick in your magic show where you get people to pull notes out of their wallet. So I'm just really glad that he wasn't involved in that stunt and uh, potentially had to write his name on his grandmother's face. <laughs> that would have been awkward, yes, because that is something I do in the show. Yeah, she wouldn't have liked that one. Yeah, don't tell her I do that in the show. And who are the stars that you've met along this way that you think, I would never have been in a room with you before? I, you know what, I've met some very cool people, some amazing people who are in the spotlight. But in all honesty, the, the people I look forward to meeting most, when I do my tour show, at the end of every show, I always make sure I come to the exit to say bye as people leave. And that's where you meet the most amazing people because 
the, some of the stories that people tell me when, when they come and they, they say hello when, before they leave are incredible. Lots of the people who come to see my show are ex-forces. Uh, there was a gentleman tonight who served 27 years in the RAF. And you meet young people as well, don't you, who are, must see you on stage and amazed, but maybe inspired to, to try something like that as well themselves. Maybe they've been dabbling in a bit of magic at home. I hope so, yeah. Uh, I, I get lots of emails from people who, like lots of people have been learning from my magic set, which I, I was lucky to release a few years ago, where there's a couple of tricks in that that are very easy to do, but mind-blowing at the same time. So there's lots of, I've seen lots of videos online Anyone who does go on to uh, do Britain's Got Talent in the future, if you do it as a magician and you perform a trick from my magic set and you win the show, I want 50% of the money. (laughs) Do you like that role model aspect (laughs) to your life now? I certainly wouldn't call myself a role model, but I I feel honoured if anyone does want to follow in my footsteps and do something similar. I've met some incredibly talented people over the years who have said, oh, I'm thinking about going on Britain's Got Talent or X Factor or... The Voice or any kind of show or or not even that, maybe just auditions for certain things. And lots of people have told me in the past that I've kind of given them the confidence to do that. It means the world to me that they say that. I hope it's true. If, if, if I have helped anyone, that, that is amazing. And I'm very grateful that I've had the opportunity to do that. What's the reality of being in the limelight and that lifestyle? There are a lot of social pressures to do certain things. And I, I was very lucky that because I stayed in the army, that kept me on a level where I didn't necessarily lose my mind or get overstressed on anything because I always felt like I still had that family. I've suddenly got floods of emails from really lovely people saying really lovely things. And the thing that I got most stressed about is the fact that I couldn't reply to them all. And I would, I was literally, I got no sleep for weeks because I was trying my best to reply to everyone. So thanks so much, that means a lot. And it really got on top of me that I, I felt like I was letting people down. So many people have been so supportive and been so nice, but I couldn't show my appreciation. But you know what, the army really helped me through that and the army training and, and my boss at the time was fantastic. And obviously it was a very special moment for me that I got my guys that I work with on stage uh, in the final of Britain's Got Talent. And then again on the Royal Variety Show, which I dedicated to the bomb disposal units. Those are the guys that kept me sane. <laughs> BF, BS. Team Talk. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. Fantastic to talk to Lance Corporal Richard Jones backstage at one of his amazing, mind-blowing magic shows his tour has been suspended for now but you can visit his website richardjonesmagic.co.uk to find out the latest updates or find him on social media now let's close on some more music and another song that serves me this is the part of the show where we hear from a forces young person with a special song that relates to their military life Don't forget, if you do fancy getting in touch with us and sharing your own song that serves me or you just want to email us, it's teamtalk at bfbs.com. Now, though, here's Jasmine. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm 13 years old and the song that serves me is Scissor Sisters' Don't Feel Like Dancing.
reason I chose this song is when I was little, my mum, my sister and I used to request it on the radio and used to dance to it in the kitchen whilst my dad was in Afghanistan. It made us very, very happy. BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. So that's it from us here at Team Talk for another week. It's been brilliant as ever to meet all of our fantastic guests. We've heard another great family time from Louise at Little Troopers talking about how military life can affect your career. But we've also had some great advice for others who might be in the same boat. We celebrated another little victory. This week, Aoife told us all about her new boarding school and our special guest, Lance Corporal Richard Jones, gave us a little insight into the world of entertainment. So don't forget, join us next week for more of the same. But until then, wherever you are in the forces world, stay safe and stay at home if you can. Team Talk is produced by TBI Media and supported by the Audio Content Fund. You can listen to all episodes at bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>